Hello, I'm Sam and I'm the host of the HeyNet podcast today. Today's subject is all about your very valuable tax shop um, that is in within your community um, that you can go and visit and see the products, get some advice and buy from them direct rather than going online. It's very much aimed as, as well advice for the tax shop owner that is obviously struggling um, out there in, in getting you know people and footfall through the door when I know that actually they can probably sometimes go and get it cheaper online. So this is just my little advice um, in helping you uh, raise your game and obviously to keep you know your equestrian community happy with the products that you're selling um, and uh, hopefully I can you know give you a little bit of help in that front. I have got experience of being in retail. I have owned my own independent clothes shop um, for quite a few years ago now so I do understand um, how difficult it is out there and especially when you're buying with a budget and you're waiting you know you're opening up a shop potentially six or seven days a week and you're waiting for that customer to come in and spend with you um, so I have got experience on that front so I'm sort of um, putting that into practice here with regards to the equestrian um, community that is out there my first piece of advice um, for any tax shop that is out there or salary business is to actually have a look at your online competition. I'm absolutely certain you probably do that already, but I think it's actually to have a look at what they're selling um, and a good indication of actually of what's not selling is to go and have a look at their sales. Uh, and you will know exactly with again with with sale, with sale um, items as well, actually what is not shifting and what is. I will come on to sales um, about that a bit later on. But go and have a look at what they are selling and, and how much they're selling it for. And a lot of the brands, um, you know, will be selling online. You, you've got to perhaps speak to the brand that you're actually dealing with. And, you know, I know a lot of you might feel very loyal to that brand. But go and see if you can actually sort of move on the price. Or, you know, if something's not selling or a brand is not selling and you've had them in there for many years, you have to stand firm and have a real look at the, the product the very critical eye and think actually do you know what this has been not selling for the last few years and this particular brand is always on the sale rail and sometimes you have to be sort of tough and say well actually do we buy with them in the next season or do we actually step back and go and have a look at other um, brands that are out there and I personally would say if something's not selling and is always on the sale rail and you're not making any profit on that then perhaps at least for one season don't buy from them and go and have a look that's out there. And you know what? The other thing I want to really put across to you, there are so many smaller equestrian brands out there at the moment that are producing some really stylish and very good technical and very good quality riding wear. Um, many of them are trying to get their name out there. So, you know, perhaps look outside the box and know that traditionally there are, I'm not naming brand names, but you tend to go into touch and you will see the very traditional names that have provided um, a question wear for many, many years. But also, you know, I'm not saying to step away from them as such, but perhaps, you know, reduce what you're buying and allow some budget to actually go into um, buying from a, a new equestrian company, perhaps something that's either younger or something that's more technical or something that's just something a bit more stylish, a bit different or new colours. And, you know, go and have a look at these these smaller brands and don't dismiss them. And I think, you know, you'll be quite pleasantly surprised by bringing in a couple of smaller equestrian brands will actually make quite a difference. Um, where I'd suggest you find them, I would hop 
pop onto social media without a doubt. I would go to probably more Instagram than Facebook and just start looking at what brands are very, you know, very sort of um, active on there and what their following is and people are engaging with them and wearing their, their product and have a go and have a look and, and, you know, don't dismiss them. And I would definitely give them, give them a try. And I think also thinking about it, you know, with a lot of the question, smaller question brands, their um, buying um, limits won't be as high as what some of the big main names are. And they may even do some that really want to get their name out there, might do sale or return. So, you know, there is that option as well. So, yeah, definitely give the equestrian um, brands um, your attention and try and get them into your shop, even if you just test it out. I think another thing that I want to sort of get across to is um, is to look at your actual tax shop physically and how it looks. And I don't want to offend anyone. And I know um, that tax shops traditionally have, when you go in there, the lot of the ones that obviously I've used over the years, you've got everything there or potentially everything there that you need, but it's got a very cluttered feel to it. And I think to keep your game high with it, you need to streamline your your products out there and make it appealing um, to the customer that actually comes into the into your store. So that might mean making the room or your shop floor slightly smaller. And you probably think I'm mad by suggesting that, but I think if you can increase your storage and put perhaps all the rugs and all the numbers and everything that are just normally piled high, if you can put them into storage and streamline that and have those items. You know, rugs, you know, perhaps only just put one, I'd put really just one out and say, obviously, if you want the size, please come and ask and have them displayed. You know, look at how you can display your rugs, you know, have at least one out because some of them are all just thrown in a corner and you don't actually physically see the rug and what it looks like and what it feels like. And again, that's space. And I do understand that. But you can put things over a rail or over something like a balustrade or you can even go and get, you know, a little bit of money. I understand. But you can actually go and get yourself a horse, uh, you know, a, a, a show horse model that would go in your store. And you can use that by putting head collars on, numbers on there, saddles on their hats, everything. And I'm not sure how much they are, but it is something to potentially perhaps think about if you've got space. Um, so that would be uh, my thing. I, I think also be quite, you know, look at what you've, what colours and ranges you've got, and mix them together, perhaps with the with the colour ranges. So if you've got some fantastic, you know, electric blue numbers and riding jackets and bandages and you know even even a, a you know a rug itself, you know, give the story to the customer when they're coming in because this matchy matchy look is very big at the moment and people do like to have things that coordinate. And I think if you can just show perhaps areas of your shop in more of a colour-coded fashion, one, it looks more appealing to the eye, but it also buys into to the story of this is what you could look like on your horse and this is what your horse could look like. And it just makes it just presents that to the customer rather than having a multicolored display of everything jumbled about and not in any color coded fashion can actually make it look very colored and um, cluttered sorry and not actually very appealing so i think think very carefully about how you're presenting all your products um another thing i would say is things like supplements you know you can sometimes go into some of the stores and you think oh my god there's about i don't know 250 pots of supplements here and what do you buy and I've always sort of thing as well, I don't like seeing 
pots and pots of supplements that have got dust gathering on them because one it actually you know you've got to make sure everything's clean and tidy but also it's looking that it's not selling so you know keep keep out um your supplements again keep them quite um minimal in how you're having them and don't put every single pot out and stack and stack and stack you know keep it quite minimal because sometimes it can be quite off-putting when you're trying to go through row upon row upon row of dusty pots and you know and also again with supplements make sure you've got a member of staff that actually knows what they're talking about with supplements because it's amazing how many that don't and if you're going in to buy a supplement you're going in there to buy a certain a certain product that is hopefully going to cure the problem that you've got with your horse so again make sure your staff are quite knowledgeable in what you're selling um so that's um something i would actually consider and i have put on my, my blog post about the flexi tubs and i do like flexi tubs a lot they are a brilliant thing to have on any yard but i wouldn't have 15 of them on the floor rammed with products that people have to go rummaging through to find what they want I think have some of them out. I'm not saying not to have them. Again, I'd colour code it, but perhaps not think about throwing everything in there. I mean, I went into one, this is quite a few years ago, and it had just a tangled mess of head collars and ropes and everything in a in a tub, and it just didn't make me want to go through it to try and find a head collar or leak. You know, it's just, it's slightly off-putting if I'm being really honest. And I said, I'm not saying don't have the flexi tubs out there. Sometimes they are really great containers to hold certain products, but don't have 15 of them out. And think quite carefully, carefully about how you're presenting your product, um, you know, to your public when they first come into your store. My next um, piece of advice is about clearance and sales and reducing. And sometimes you feel that when you go into store, they're just on permanent sale all the time. And I have been there with my own shop, and I know you have to get rid of move stock and move it on. But I think perhaps have a really um, look at how you're presenting the sale items and also you know sometimes again I've been into tax shops before and if you go in regularly you can see the same items on that that tack rail and that could be there for, for a year or two years and I'm not exaggerating here I've seen it and that again is not appealing to the buyer at all so if you put your sale items I'd say put it into a certain corner again keep it clean and tidy I know that it, obviously you're trying to get rid of stock but make it appealing so that the buyer is actually finding what they might want reduced with ease but also um you know make sure that if there's something that's been sitting around on a rail on a shelf for more than i would say a year 18 months get rid of it and get rid of it in a way um i'm not saying get rid of it and lose money on it but put it onto ebay or perhaps on facebook marketplace and if you're going to lose a bit of money on it you know i can understand that can be quite frustrating but it's better than actually having some money in than nothing at all and it's sitting there looking stale so that would be um, something that I would consider as well with regards to um, having on sale. And I think, again, you know, I'm not saying don't be on sale. Of course, we've got to get rid of stock and everything. But I think also um, if you are permanently on sale and you're putting so many items and that out there, one, you're not going to make any profit very much on there. And secondly, your customers are going to get used to paying sale price. They're not they're going to be wanting to pay a knockdown price all the time. So if you're permanently on sale every other month or whatever, they're going to wait. And I guarantee you they will. So you've got to actually, perhaps, I think, I could be wrong here, but I wonder whether it's going back to the old-fashioned days of actually having two big sales a year. You know, you used to have ones in January or, you know, immediately after Christmas, and you'd have one in, in, in um, July time. Perhaps try and stick to those times and then have a really big sale, really promote it. 
And so those customers know that obviously if they're going to get a good discount, they've either got to wait, and if they're prepared to wait, great, but if they're not, they're going to probably come and buy at full price. So that is, again, something that I think you need to not keep putting things on sale or special offer all the time. Um, again, with regards to customers as well, you know, some don't want to pay full price, and we all don't want to pay full price for anything, but obviously you've got to make money and you've got to encourage people to be, you know, coming through the the door and spending money on your products. I mean, there is probably with a lot of the tax shops, you do have a very loyal clientele and I think you need to reward them. So if you've got people that are coming in and spending with you and they're coming in every couple of months, then why not perhaps give them a spend target that they've got to spend a certain amount within 12 months. And if they say, for example, they spend, I'm saying £250, it could be more, could be less, but say you could prove or they, you've got a receipted thing that they have come in and spent £250 with your with your store this, you know, in 12 months, then the next year, give them a 10% discount card because it just encourages them to come in and think, well, actually, I'm nearly spending about that to get 10% off um, everything for the next 12 months is a really good saving and it will make them come into you rather than going home and sitting on the computer and ordering it online so be you know keep your loyal customer base happy and you be loyal to them as well so that's again something that I would perhaps think of um, again speak with your brands um, that you've got in the store and ask for them to help with you know offer incentives and sometimes they might give some merchandise away for example you know if you buy a pair of joppers you might get a a bottle of, um, I don't know, mane and tail free or something like that. So, you know, have have a look how they can work with you as well. And don't be afraid to ask. You know, if you don't ask, you don't get. And if they turn around and say no, that's fine. You can perhaps, perhaps think that later date that they didn't really help you. But if they have helped you, that's a really good thing too. So that's, um, again, something to consider. Another thing that um, I think the big advantage that you have over any online store is your knowledge and believe me I've got you know we've got some really good tax, um, tax shops in the area that I live and I would always go in there and you know that very friendly that and you know what's happening and what's you know how's everything going with your horse and then you'd come out so well, actually I've got this going on or I've got that problem or I've got whatever and I guarantee you somebody in your tax store will know how to solve that problem whether that be with your schooling and, and, and advising on a certain bit or if it's a medical problem they can put you know tell you how to administer something to make it better or show you a product they know that works and to have that engagement on a face-to-face -face level is something you know in some respects money can't buy with regards to being online and I think you really need to emphasize and work on that um, I think I'm going to touch on social media in a minute but I think you know use your social media pages and and you know go live or just perhaps do a Q&A and say you know what's what's something you'd like to ask us and what problem have you got with your horse that you think we you could help with and that is just opening up the the conversation between you and your client base and if you've helped them and said well actually we've got this product here please come in whatever I'll guarantee you they'll come they'll, they'll they'll make the effort to get in their car and drive to see you so you've just got to use that over an online store is use your knowledge and engage with your clients and make sure that you get 
that knowledge across to them, which an online store, okay, some of them might do it sort of written-wise if you wanted to tap on their Facebook page, but it's just not the same being face-to-face -face and discussing the problem. And as all us horse people know, we do like to go on about our horse problems. I can't think of anybody that, one, doesn't have a problem, or secondly, doesn't like to talk about it. So that is something I think you need to um, definitely concentrate on and use, and that is your advantage over uh, the online competition that's out there. Um, the next thing I'm going to talk about, and I'll try and keep it as brief as I can because like this is a whole big ball game, and it probably could be with another podcast, is your social media. And I haven't had a look quite closely in the last few months at some of the tax shops and salary businesses that are out there and how they're using the social media and how they're presenting themselves. Some have got it bang on, and hats off to you all that, that, that are doing that. Some of you really are not doing it quite correctly, and I don't want to be sort of overcritical and the things I think that you could really um, sort of you know move forward with that and trying to engage your public is secondly is obviously make sure your Facebook page or Instagram page looks appealing please don't put pixelated photographs on there or if your cover photo looks off-center or your logo on your profile is only half covered with your logo in there and I've seen it a lot it doesn't look professional and it just doesn't endear the page to actually sort of be followed and I think also um, the social media pages you need to have a really um, well written description of what your company you know sort of has to offer um, you know so make sure that your biography on there you know tell them about your business and if you've been going for many years you know talk about that you've got experience you've got history and you know really emphasize on that because sometimes you go onto these pages and it's got barely anything written so definitely increase that as well also, with regards to imagery, again, um, some of the images that, you, that, that I've seen, um, you know, on some of these pages, they're not that great. And, you know, again, I'll go back to the flexi tubs, you know, taking pictures of, you know, with 10 flexi tubs with a load of jumbled uh, load of product in there. It's not appealing to the eye and it's not going to encourage a, a customer to stop. So have a real look at your images on your on your Facebook or Instagram page and have a you know sort of rethink about how you're going to do it and less is more to take a picture of one bit is probably better than taking a picture of a thousand bits or you know or if you've got a really good display of bits if you're in volume that could be quite appealing so think have a look at your tax shop and think about how you can um, you know use your imagery and with again with social media um, engage with your customers and you know if someone has bought a pair of riding boots from you and they have put a picture on their um, on their social media then share it onto yours and engage them and say thanks ever so much and look at these wonderful pair of boots that, that one of our customers is wearing because I don't really know anybody that if they've put a picture on there and it's not been shared if it's been shared that they don't like that everybody if they've had their photographs shared are really appreciative of that and that again opens up the relationship between you and your customers that are out there so have a look at your customers and if they're wearing your product out there and they're sharing it on social media you can share that you know they've put that on there and they've allowed that to be shared then do that onto your pages and show your customers that actually you know look at our products and look at how they're being used um and i'd also say about with social media posts don't put constant sale posts on there and a lot of people um do do that and i'm not saying to not do it at all but have a mix you know do like a question and answers put a sort of funny picture of a horse you know that you have found and you shared from somewhere else then put something that you're selling or a new range of stock that's come in or you know if you've got a new um, page of 
sorry, a new, a new line of jobbers that are coming in, put the, the new jobbers up and ask what people think of them. Do they like the colour? Do they like the styling? You know, engage with your, your public and, um, you know, let them know what's coming into your store, but don't keep pushing and pushing it in front of their face and think about how your images um, are going to look. So the, the other thing leading on from marketing is about your branding, really, and, and sometimes the branding can start to look stale and if you've had the same logo for decades it might be worth considering to give it a fresh new look and that's not a bad thing at all you know and I think you can incorporate even part of an older logo into a newer um, logo and just use different colours and make it look more modern and streamlined and actually by changing and rebranding you can then you know, tell your customers that you've got new changes ahead, you've got a relaunch date, you could hold a relaunch party and make them feel part of the new brand that your tax shop is now going to be under. It doesn't have to be that expensive, it can just be, you know, with graphic design and doing just a change of logo and colours and having some merchandise done. Um, again, you can do this yourself, I, you know, I'm not saying that you can't and I think there's some great... Um, things online that you can help you do um, rebranding and, and do new logos with the graphics that uh, um, apps that are out there but you know it might actually pay to actually just spend put a bit of money and, and have a professional do that for you and having you know some good imagery um, that you can use and again you know that can be done quite you know quite not saying cheaply but it won't be such a huge amount of money that you think it's going to be and again if you've got a good logo there's nothing actually stopping you doing your own line of clothing and people again buy, especially if it's local as well, and if the branding looks good, why not do your own hoodies? Why not look into doing your own polo shirts and, and jobbers and have your own branding out there and then with your logo and where you are, which will then have your name on somebody's back that's local, that will encourage them to come back. Um, so yeah, there, there, there's just a few things really, and I think I've rambled on for about 20 minutes now, but there's just some things that you can do to improve your presence within the equestrian community and make sure that your um, the horse riders that are around you come to your store um, rather than trying to, to take them away they're going to actually do that online um, you know you've got all these things I think are major pluses um, that you can come and physically touch the, the garment you can try them on you can and a lot of people tax shops will let you try things and bring them back and, and swap it for something else it's a complete pain trying to do it through the post, and I know that there, you know, you can do that. But you know, if you can go to your local store and have a chat, and and they will definitely be able to help and advise you on what you need. That I think is definitely a, a plus over an online store. And I'm not dissing the online stores because we all do need them and we do use them. But I really, really want to try and champion that the tax shop stays in our community where you can physically go because it'll be such a shame to lose them. Anyway, that's, I think I'll stop on that now. I could sit and talk all day about that subject and various things that to, to help. But um, I hope that's helped any tax shop or salary businesses out there. And also I hope it's encouraged um, if you've been listening to this podcast and you're not a salary owner but you want to uh, you know, support your tax shop, then please give them your full support. Um, I've got some um, podcasts coming up, which is actually from some equestrian bloggers, which is really exciting. So I wanted to give them a voice through the Haynet podcast. So keep an eye on this channel. And uh, very, very soon we've got some bloggers that will be talking about um, equestrian blogging and how you can get your name out there and, um, you know, and, and get your writing read, basically. So anyway, thanks ever so much for listening and uh, look out for some more podcasts coming through Haynet very soon.